0: My name is Andre, and I'm here uh, with my wife again to talk about uh, following Jesus in a post-Christian culture and all the various things that that includes. You know, I was actually thinking about this week, this tagline, following Jesus in post-Christian culture. I think that uh, that's a helpful unifying principle for the podcast, even for me. Like, there's a lot of topics that we pick that we could talk about, like political stuff and whatever, but for me... The thing I'm always asking uh, when considering a topic is can I draw a very straight line between this topic and equipping Christians on their everyday lives of following Christ, you know? So for me, that's kind of an encouraging thing because it's like I'm trying to, we're we're trying to bring a lot of different things. But the unifying principle is at the end of the day, we're coming down to our daily walk, our daily spiritual journey. So I feel like that's yeah, a helpful.
1: It is helpful and it creates a big spectrum of topics that it all comes back to. How does it help us live in the, in this world following Christ? Right. So
0: it, it gives you a huge variety, but also like a unifying, a unity. Yeah, because
1: yeah. everything matters. Right. All the things we could possibly talk about all lead back to our life in Christ. So,
0: but that is not always made very clear by people, you know, like some people just like to sit around and talk about philosophy or theology, Right. but they don't, it's not that clear like, like our why motivation. does it matter? Why does yeah. it connect? Yeah. The motivation here is always to come back to my daily walk as a pilgrim, as a follower of Christ. Right. Um. So what are we talking about today?
1: Our heart idols and how to deal with them.
0: Yeah. So to some people, that may sound like a kind of an abstract idea, right? Not everybody's going to be like, well, heart idols? Like, what do you mean by that? Um, so what do we mean by heart? Like, what, why? why would you in a in a normal like average joe way why would you say heart idols what do we mean by that
1: i guess for me my definition would be the things that we all struggle with on a prolonged season or many seasons things that are deeply rooted in our hearts that are our weaknesses that we defend that we have a difficult time confessing mm-hmm. um that kind of shape our personality and our character trip us up in our christian walk and that sometimes are hard to see and identify Yeah, sinful habits, traits, tendencies that we have.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think, so our goal today is to kind of explore this subject, give you like a broad bird's eye view of the idea of idolatry, heart idolatry, the biblical idea of it, and really try to get practical and talk about how do we work with this? How do we learn to understand and expose our heart idols? on a daily basis because it's 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 interesting this topic is super theological but it's it's insanely practical too yeah. like it, it goes both ways like oh, yeah. really clearly so i think just kind of right off the bat um see when you were saying heart idols you were talking about our traits our tendencies our battles right but the average person listening to that might be like well yeah totally i get we all have battles and struggles every day but What in the world does that have to do with idolatry? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think the first simple clarifying thing to say is that the biblical idea of to be human, and not only the biblical, this is an idea that many non-Christian people admit to, is that to be human is to worship. Yep. Uh, To be human is to, um, to bow down to something, to live for some ultimate thing to which we give all of our allegiance, sort of. But even the idea of worship can be kind of abstract because it's like, okay, yeah, I can get like people in the ancient times bowing down to idols, but like, how's that? How like you know, non-Christian or non-religious people like don't see them as souls as worshippers right. at all. Right. But I think that when you again you cut into this idea of worship and look at the heart of it, the heart of all worship is um, love. Mm-hmm. It's desire, right? So to worship is to desire something ultimately it's 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 to t- it's it's to take something and to give it ultimate status in your life. Um, right. If you think about the idea of an idol or a god, you know it's the idea that you are bestowing upon that thing ultimate authority. and at the heart of that is a desire that this thing will fulfill your Longings will give you satisfaction, will give you security, will give you peace. You know, so like ancient idolatry. They mm-hmm. had idols for like all the different stuff. Mm-hmm. Crops, you know, fertility, the weather, the kings. Mm-hmm. And they would have to sacrifice to all these gods in order that they might have a, a, a sense of peace and satisfaction in these areas of life. So right. even though we don't bow down to idols today, we seek to secure our satisfaction and our well-being. Yeah. And we do it by loving something that be- that we believe will give us that sense right. of satisfaction, right?
1: Right, and I think all all sin is like, is defined by idolatry at the root of it. That is where it all begins. And I think if you don't understand that, you won't understand how you work as a, as a sinful person in your nature. Right. And we look at those people back in the day with their idols, carved idols, and we think that's absurd. But we do the same thing every day in our hearts. We do the same thing. They were just more, you know, they showed it physically, but we have it in our hearts and it's constantly happening. If you don't see that and understand you in yourself, you won't, you won't have victory the same way. That you could have right understanding this concept.
0: I love how uh, James K. A. Smith kind of paints the picture. He says we, as to be human, you know, like a- ancient or modern, all humans are driven by the hunt for satisfaction. Yeah. So whether that satisfaction is simply securing your crops and your future, you know, children in your village or whatever, or that satisfaction is Uh, finding your ultimate lover or you know like
1: yeah
0: all humans are like he says like existential sharks like Mm -hmm. you know the shark is like on the hunt for like it it has a little whiff of like blood that it smells from miles away and it's Mm -hmm. like boom it's it's oriented it's like set on its target and it's moving towards it so to be human is to be what we say teleological or telos telos is a goal you're, to be human is not just to, to exist. To be human is to moving towards something. You're going towards something. Your ultimate vision of the good life. Mm-hmm. If only I had a good paying job, a loving husband, kids, um, yeah. whatever it is, right? In, in your mind, all of us have a vision of the good life. And we, like a shark, we're moving towards that vision. And what drives us is desire.
1: Right, and I don't think it's always so clear. A lot of us are Christian and we love God and we, our ultimate goal and we would always answer is to glorify Christ, love him, you know, worship him. And we would say that and we would believe it, but we have, our hearts are so full of little mini idols that we we don't know because it's not always so clear, like I'm a shark and I'm just determined to live the good life. Like a lot of us are doing that unaware of how full our hearts are are of idols it can even be in the christian life replacing the good things the blessings god has bestowed as idols rather than the ultimate gift giver as you know the main one we ought to worship so i think it can get messy and and the lines can get blurry for all of us it's hard for us to see ourselves it's not so clear cut for everyone i think
0: well and that's yeah exactly and that's kind of why we're you know, recording the podcast because although some of the basic principles of this idolatry picture are simple to interpret them in your own heart, it's not so simple. Right. Yeah. So like you're kind of jumping ahead to our further questions of like, how do we decipher the idols? But before we decipher, I would, I wanted to just kind of make that, that point because not everybody's going to say, okay, well, how is all sin idolatry? Well, I think Mm -hmm. the answer to that is because, you know, the Westminster Confession of Faith says, what is the chief end of man to uh, um, to worship God and to like be satisfied in him forever? Right. Um, so we are created. We are not created to just be like robots in creation to do some sort of task. Ultimately, we are created for love. Mm-hmm. We are created out of love, out of the love of the Trinity, creation happened and the crowning piece of creation is human beings who are made in the image of God made for relationship union and love with God right so the one he created you and he created your heart uh, and the the central seat of your heart of all your desires is to be occupied by him right. and the relationship you and you are engaged in with him to mm-hmm. be so that does not mean that you don't desire other things mm-hmm. that that Adam didn't desire his wife mm-hmm. or didn't desire to run around the garden and eat delicious fruit yeah Th- those are all good desires but the chief desire is the love of God which is supposed to fill his heart and fill all his other loves
1: and all the other desires ultimately they're, they're like streams rivers that lead back to the ocean it's all right. interconnected to the biggest it's not a separate functioning desire that right it all streams back to the main desire and i think it's hard for people to see how that can work they feel like if i don't if i love god but then i love good food or it's just it's an isla all of a sudden right or yeah. you know other things
0: we're 10 we're tempted to see ourselves as well as like fragmented into different pieces and we have a hard time seeing how all of it comes together right how all of it and part of that is also the fall the fall Mm -hmm. helps the the fall prevents us from understanding ourselves but to add to this picture so if we're created for that love therefore the essence of all sin was that adam and eve chose to replace something else in their hearts as the ultimate source of their satisfaction and joy right and when the snake came When the serpent tempted them, he tempted them with the idea that they will be like God. Mm -hmm. So he tempted them with the idea of um, independence and mastery to choose their own way, you know. The faulty thing about that is that you you will never be like God because you are creation. So you are created as a vessel, not as a spring. Mm Mm-hmm. So he said, you'll be a spring. Well, no, no. He he lied. He Mm -hmm. he only, and and he gives the illusion of independence. But the only thing that happens is humans begin to seek for that satisfaction in other things. And even in this idea, I am independent and I'm my own human being. I have my own rights. I get to determine my own life. Mm -hmm. That idea functions as a spring to satisfy your empty soul, but you're not creating that idea. Somebody else fed you that idea. Right. You know what I'm saying? So Eve did not get the idea to be like God by herself. Mm -hmm. She was fed that idea from an alternative spring. Right. So idolatry also is uh, deceptive.
1: Right. Yeah, for sure.
0: But all sin is idolatry because all sin is essentially a replacement uh, of ultimate satisfaction in God. Yeah, because I feel,
1: I feel that for me and a lot of people, it, we get all caught up in like the sins of our life and like the little deeds we do and, you know, judgment day, like, oh, God is going to ask me about how did I spend my time and how did I, how much did I read my Bible and all these little deeds that we do. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, if your heart desires for Christ and that is your that is your heart's desire and goal, and most of your life is kind of strained towards that. Right. It it kind of simplifies all your other sins because the root of all the sins are, is the same. Right. It all leads back to the same thing, and I think that helps understand. It helps me understand the concept of like ultimately. All the things my heart may desire that is other than God. There's a reason for that. There's a root there that is idolatry.
0: Right. Well, and here's the thing. I think one way to put the picture when you become a Christian, uh, your heart is transformed. So when you when you surrender to Jesus and follow him as Lord, turn away from living a life of sin, which means a living a life of being your own God, mm-hmm. being your own savior mm-hmm. um, to following him, that. It's like it's like the heart of the idol idolatry in your life is torn out. The it's like a big giant oak tree, Mm -hmm. and a a a giant takes and rips the oak tree out, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And in there is planted a new seed, a new Mm -hmm. life, right? Mm -hmm. But left over in that area, all around that seed, are roots from the old tree Mm -hmm. that wanna that wanna grow back into the heart. Yeah. So the Christian battle is you have a new heart and you have a new love, and that's God. He's captivated your life. But you also have residual roots all around in your heart that are your past tendencies and weaknesses that want to seep back in and choke out Mm -hmm. the new life. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the daily battle of the Christian is to identify those old roots Mm -hmm. of idolatrous thinking and pull them out, right? And to replace them with worship right. and satisfaction and in Christ. Yeah. yeah. Another, I think, detail that helps us understand idolatry from a sin perspective also is, so idolatry is replacing God in your heart. But in a broken, in a broken world, we all believe, we all understand that something's broken about us, right? You know. And so another way to identify what idols are is not only are idols, the thing that you worship, the idols are your saviors. Yes. So idols are the things. So we all have our problems, right? You're, you're struggling with your yeah. emotions, mm-hmm. or you're tired physically, or you don't have enough money, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Idols are the things that you look for to be the source of your help, salvation, right? Uh, in the midst of you know difficulties. So if if, you're, if your life is marked by financial difficulty, and you just look to the day that you will have a stable job and income, and things will just be better, life will be more yeah. easy. Like, yeah. it's not bad to have a stable income. Yeah. But as you wrap your mind around that idea over and over and let that desire dwell, it can spring roots mm-hmm. and become a source of redemption, a source right. of like, well, when I get this, my life will be better.
1: If I just work hard enough, if I just run yeah. run myself into the ground with exhaustion, if I just keep doing it's okay, this It's okay. It's all it worth it. The sacrifice worth is it.
0: worth it. So you sacrifice to the idol, and the idol gives you... The thing you desire. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, the same thing applies to everything, right? Look, beauty, girls, desiring to, you know, I'm going to sacrifice everything, money, Mm -hmm. time, energy, so that I look beautiful because when Mm -hmm. I do, I will feel good about myself. I will be happy. I will be happy. When other people look at me and say, you're beautiful, Mm -hmm. I will be happy. So that's my savior. It's my redeemer, you know, or it's, um, you know. If I get a husband. If I get a husband. When I do, I will
1: will just be happier, more comforted, more stable. I will be a whole, yeah.
0: Yeah, I will be restored from my brokenness. Yeah, and in a sense, obviously, all these things bring us satisfaction or restoration in a sense, but not in the ultimate not, sense. Yeah. yeah, You know, so, um, so why is this? It, this is a very helpful concept, obviously, because it mm-hmm. helps us understand our struggles. It helps us look at our struggles differently, I think, right? Because here's, I think, two tendencies that we have when we look at our problems. So, like, you know, if you're struggling with anger and impatience, we have two tendencies. Tendency A, we tend to blame our circumstances, you know? So, like, yeah. my boss is crazy. I just can't, I just can't, you know? Or yeah. my work context is so toxic, or my, my kids, kids are just are driving are me extra, crazy.
1: Extra crazy and out of control.
0: Right. Or my husband is so lazy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or my wife is so emotional. Yeah. So what we're doing there, we tend to, we, we tend to blame our environment mm-hmm. for our sin. Mm-hmm. So we, we say, I'm angry because he made me angry or she yeah. made me angry. Mm-hmm. Um, that's false, right? Because everything you do comes from your own heart. Mm-hmm. So your heart is reacting to the circumstances, interpreting mm-hmm. and reacting. Mm-hmm. So nobody caused you to do anything. Maybe your husband or wife or your boss inflicted temptation and challenge on right. you. They inflicted the pressure, mm-hmm. but the reaction c- that came out is a reaction that comes from your heart as your heart processes, interprets. Mm-hmm. And, and so, mm-hmm. so your actions, your fruits, th- those come from the heart. They don't come yeah. from your surroundings. Yeah. How do you test this? Well, you, you can have two different people in the same pressure, mm-hmm. in the same difficulties, And they have opposite reactions. Yep. Why? Because their heart responds differently to the difficulties. Yeah. So we tend to blame our circumstances. That's false. Mm -hmm. The second thing we tend to do is um, when we do admit, oh, I have a problem with self control, you know, I have a problem with, I can't, I just can't stop watching. I can just keep clicking the next Episode. episode on Netflix. I just have a problem with self control. Yeah. Or I get frustrated at my kids. I just I have a problem I with. I need
1: to and you just control impatience. my emotions.
0: Yeah. I need to control my emotions. So, what we're doing there is we tend to just look at the fruit um, of our action and try to modify it. Yeah. Uh, when we don't realize that that reaction, that emotion, or that activity, it's coming from a deeper heart position, mm-hmm. a disposition of the heart mm-hmm. that, 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 leads to these actions you know what I'm saying
1: it's not just the fruit there's a a, something you know firing off in your heart every time that will not be helped if you just take off the the bad fruit and just just say I'm gonna just try harder and I'm gonna get better at this because it's a you have to deal with the problem all the way down
0: right well and it's moralistic so that and that's our tendency right so to be human again is to be a sinner and is to be a sinner is to think that you're independent that's mm-hmm. why religion focuses on human activity so when i see that i have a problem with anger i say i just need to i just need to work on self control yeah. and i need to be more kind
1: more gracious so
0: be more self controlled and be more kind
1: mm-hmm.
0: well that's essentially creating my own plan of salvation yeah I'm. i'm essentially saying if i work harder i will be a holier person
1: yeah and we can even say i just need to read my bible more and yeah pray more i need
0: to pray more
1: these are the steps i will take so that i will stop doing this sin right here's how i will stop sinning in this right.
0: way right and again reading your bible and praying is very it's important good. but but what do you look to as the source of change right? So when we consider idolatry, it makes you look differently at your anger and your emotions and your struggles because instead of saying, oh I just need to be more self-controlled, I then ask a deeper question. I ask, why do I get so angry? What is my anger? Uh, what is my anger pointing to in my heart? Mm-hmm. Because the reality is there's a difference between the fruit and the, the root and the fruit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if I know that my anger is just a fruit, part of a deeper root of belief and if i understand that i'm a worshiper mm-hmm. then i understand hmm, my anger is reflecting something it's reflecting that i i'm looking to something for satisfaction something that is being threatened and because of that threat i'm responding to protect it yeah. you know so for yeah. example you know if i if i um if i get really upset when people judge me yeah what is that a sign of well, instead of just saying oh, I just need to be, I just need to not care what people think. Right. Um, well, no. Let's let's dig deeper. If I'm so upset at w- other people judging me, maybe that's indicating of something. I inside my heart, I cherish their approval. Yep. It's very important that other people see me and approve. Mm-hmm. So I need to work hard to post to put up a a identity mm-hmm. that other people will approve and when i do that i will feel satisfied confident accepted accepted Loved. strong
1: yeah or another side of that is um maybe not so much judged but misunderstood or mm-hmm. are my actions communicating what i what i want them to communicate and if someone is like oh misreading me all of a sudden i have this fear response and this overwhelming desire to like clarify Right. No, 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 that's not who I am and explain everything away and make sure everyone understands where I'm coming from And it's still that same like my reputation is an idol in my heart that I've put up on this pedestal And when it's kind of torn down my heart responds in anger and disappointment and depression And right. I think almost all humans can relate to that It's just a, a fundamental human nature thing to care what other people think and some people's responses stop caring what people think and other people's responses justifying themselves constantly re-explaining where they came from and
0: um anxiety and anxiety and then just
1: getting depressed over people's opinions and people's misunderstanding of who they are and
0: yeah and all that these are all symptoms of the fact that i'm protecting my idol yeah i so if my idol in this sense is um is the com- the approval of others. Mm-hmm. If if that is something that has been idolized in my heart, mm-hmm. then I will respond sinfully when my idol is threatened. Yeah, and that's basically all of our sins. Our mm-hmm. sins are all our sinful actions mm-hmm. are all uh, unconscious attempts of protecting our idols. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. We feel the threat of the thing which gives us a sense of peace. You know. Right. So the simple situ the simple a scenario of us throwing a fit when the internet's down and we can't watch yeah. our favorite TV show. Right. Because I was looking to this evening, to this moment, with the glow of the screen and the power of the the remote and my snacks. This moment was like redemption for me after a hard day. Right. I, I deserve need it. it. I, it's I my comfort. I need this moment. It, it's gonna. So my response is sinful, mm-hmm. and it's a sign that I am willing to sin to protect my idol. Yeah. You know. We yeah. all have, again, desires in themselves are not bad. Mm-hmm. But one test is if that thing that I desire is taken away in that moment, mm-hmm. do I respond with sin? If I'm able to say, well, Netflix would have been fun, but Internet's down. It's all good. Let's, that kind of sucks. Yeah. But whatever, let's just hang out and talk or something or let's read a book or right. whatever, yeah. play a game. Yeah. So like that response is you're able to let go of this pleasure without sinning. And you're able to thank God for the moment and and glorify God by enjoying something else. Right. You know, but idols demand to be protected.
1: Yeah, they, they demand worship. They demand some sort of sacrifice. So Allegiance. The, the, th- the quote that I always think of by Tim Keller is how he said, the sin that is most destructive in your life is the one you're most defensive about. Yeah. And that always just like cuts you so deep because you know those things in your life where you're, Always are on the defense about wait, but you don't under you don't quite don't quite understand, and we try to clarify and re-explain and kind of protect that idol. Yeah. Without realizing what we're trying to
0: protect. Right, right, and 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 this is all very important to point out because you the simple fact is you know the Bible tells us and simple human experience tells us you can't just look inside your heart and see everything. Right. The it's, heart yeah. is your own heart is a mystery. Yep. But. Um, Like one book I read recently was really helpful where the the counselor said, you know, emotions are a really helpful indicator of what's going on in your heart that you don't even might not be aware of. Mm -hmm. You know, so like there's dark corners that you can't see around. Mm -hmm. But your emotions and your daily reactions are like little mirrors that help you look around the corner. Right. Um, So when you pause and be like, man, why did I get so angry at my wife when she said that? Right. Or why did I get so angry at my friend when he said that? Mm-hmm. Why did I get so angry? What was what was my heart protecting? What was I, what, what, what desire mm-hmm. was I feeling was so threatened? you know Yeah um, you trace it back and you realize that there's a deeper a deeper thing that is um, that you're protecting. And this completely changes how we respond to our sin, right mm-hmm. So how does this how does this then change our response to our struggles?
1: i feel i feel like i mean just like a side note that introspection can be dangerous and it could be like a deep dark well and i think sitting around yeah our our society and our culture is very big on like dig deep into your your mystery of your heart and try to figure out i mean there's a place and time for that but it's not a good idea to always because like especially for like women we we tend to be overwhelmed with emotion and sometimes it's just like in a minute we're going to we're just going to get over that emotion and we don't yeah. need to read into it. Yeah. But at the same time I think dismissing all of our emotions as just female hormones is incorrect. It's unfaithful to battling your sin if it's the same emotion that keeps coming up when Patterns. you're defending your idol. You need to take a moment and like think through.
0: Yeah, you look at your repeated struggles. What is this struggles. showing me
1: like why? And I think sometimes the answer we we give is well, well I got so upset because here I am exhausted as a as a mom and a wife and I'm not being appreciated and that makes sense that I would get upset. Therefore it's okay that I'm upset. Right. I shouldn't get upset, but I was upset for A, B, and C. Therefore right. it makes sense. So we just we just like ended at that. Rather than um seeing that kind of peeking around the, the corner and our heart kind of looking at that little dark corner and thinking, There's something lurking there that I need to address because it keeps coming up. Right. And um, I think the biggest way that you get out of that tendency is to confess it. Uh-huh. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead in our, but to confess and repent of it to, to God. Uh-huh. Say, here's what I keep seeing in myself. Here's what I feel every time this is threatened in my life. Right. And I think in that in that little corner of my heart, I'm putting up an idol where I ought to be running to Christ and seeking salvation and redemption right and and freedom from the bondage in him but i'm not doing that here right i'm trying to seek salvation in my own attempts in my own sin and desire
0: right and as you're pointing out this actually changes the way you repent instead of just repenting for getting upset which you should repent like i I lost control yeah
1: forgive me rather than like no i'm I'm, I'm seeking
0: satisfaction in comfort or right or, or, or being home. appreciated as or a being wife. being appreciated or whatever I it is that to you're protecting. I want to feel yeah.
1: fulfilled and refreshed by my husband's approval rather than resting and being comforted by the forever approval of Christ because of his righteousness and right. his name on my head. Um, there's a huge difference, and I think we stop too short. We will go and we will confess our sin of Lack of self-control or I'm being emotional. I need to detach my emotions from myself and just have more control Right Um, Sure, that's that's a confession, but it's not deep enough It's not
0: and it's not actually getting at the root of your cause because
1: tomorrow you're gonna say the same thing And you're just gonna keep repenting Rather than letting the gospel reach the center reach the root of your problem.
0: Yeah, when I was um, Taking the counseling class in our seminary um, And I was thinking through some of this stuff a little more deeply It was kind of like one of those little case studies. Like I was realizing there was a season when I would like have more struggle than usual with frustration and irritation at home in the evenings. So after a long day at work, I would get more easily frustrated than usual Mm -hmm. uh, at my kids and whatever. It's not necessarily that I was like throwing things and getting angry and yelling. It's just inside I saw a deeper brewing anger than before yeah and it was like you know this whole process I was just kind of running it through my heart and reflecting and thinking why you know Mm -hmm. am I getting so angry and so just following the questions what do I cherish more Mm -hmm. most what do I look for look to as a source of satisfaction Mm -hmm. you know these are the simple questions the deeper questions that you ask rather than oh I got angry I need to Pray for God to forgive me and give me more self-control next mm-hmm. time. No, why did I get angry? What was what was I protecting? And what was I feeling threatened in that moment? Right. For me, just reflecting on that, I realized in that moment that in this season of life, I was I was looking to life at home as my um, source of comfort. And you know, like a lot of things are difficult outside of the house, yeah, uh, work, church people whatever Mm -hmm. but when i come home it's my kids my wife i love them so much they're so amazing and my home is like a safe haven Mm -hmm. so like coming home was sort of an idol idol in the sense that i was looking i was expecting home to be warm welcoming and peaceful Mm -hmm. and and my source of rest Right instead of resting in christ Mm -hmm. so i come home with expectations that this will provide me rest and satisfaction Mm -hmm. you know so as i identify that it's a totally different pathway because Mm -hmm. uh, as we said it's a false savior so you have to say okay so in a chaotic life i'm seeking rest and Mm -hmm. satisfaction in coming home Mm -hmm. but how am i supposed to be seeking rest and satisfaction in christ rather Mm -hmm. than coming home Right. Yeah. And so for me it's repenting of anger, but also repenting of a false expectation from home. That right. home sometimes coming home is resting mm-hmm. and satisfying and calm. Yeah. Sometimes coming home is coming home to a crazy house, screaming kids, whatever. Yeah. So I I have to expect that coming home is is not an idol that's gonna satisfy me. Rather it's something that's under my love to Christ, mm-hmm. a place of worship and service. Right. So instead of the home being an idol, it's a, it's a, it's a place of worship. Yeah. How do I worship Christ here? Mm-hmm. Well, I worship Christ here by giving my life for my family, by coming home and working hard to love them, even in difficult moments, just yeah. like Jesus does for me. Right. right.
1: Like worship can be obedience to him. It could be right. w- Worship can be um, the choice to reject sin in the moment you're most tempted. That is worshipful to, to choose obedience. over your sinful desire to get irritated. Um, I love how you're saying that it's a place of worship. Home can be a place of worship. In your biggest temptations, it could be the place where you're most worshipful, rather than even Sunday morning. Your biggest places of strain and struggle can be the biggest displays of God's glory because you are refusing to create idols that are just wanting to be put on on the throne of your heart and um kind of a similar thing from for my life one of the bigger ones I think when we got married um for me my heart was so like attached to you like my husband and I wanted so much comfort and like encouragement from him and I would run to him with all my problems like when we had kids I would just call at every difficult hour like this is happening and you know i would seek him to comfort me i would seek him to like encourage me restore me in my walk Mm -hmm. and there came a point um where it was becoming an idol like i was seeking my husband to be the ultimate source of like to be god you know and he couldn't be and it was a big pressure i was putting on him to satisfy me in a way only christ can and there was a there was a time where um i think you said like i want you to try not to call me when the hardest moments hit but first go pray seek god like god i'm struggling so hard and i and i need your help i know Mm -hmm. only you can really help my heart like my husband can call me and try to encourage me and call me down but that's temporary um and it's you know like a husband is such a great gift from god and you should be he should be the closest thing to you he should be your encouragement he should be your comfort in a sense but ultimately you cannot run to him he is not your savior and that's something i had to learn i had to repent of that And I know that I think probably for life I will have to resist putting my husband on onto this little pedestal of making him an idol in the sense that turning to him rather to to God for ultimate comfort, for ultimate um, encouragement. Right. Um, Like that, you know, the person who will say you're going to be okay. You're, you have... The grace of god and you you will you will endure this like that's something only he can provide and not anyone else and i think people seek that in friendship sometimes like um good friendships they can put so much in right they will be so intentional something that's something i struggle with being so intentional with friends and then when they fall short or they don't show up or they don't commit the way you are to them it just all of a sudden stings and you get bitter
0: yeah
1: i was for sure see that in my heart um and it's so like, we
0: have idolatrous tendencies too. Yes. We have patterns that it's not just I have this idol and, and now that Once, I've exposed it, it's gone. Right. Uh, but also I think what you're pointing out, so in instead of simply, so like in those moments when I wasn't delivering as the proper savior, you were getting upset at me or frustrated yes. at me. So yes. superficially what you could have just been saying is, oh, I just need to not get upset at my husband. Yeah. And be more patient with him. Be
1: more gracious. Give him grace. That's I, I, I was doing that in the moments right. where I would be like... You know making an eye out of you and then you would not deliver because you're not God I would get frustrated and I feel like he doesn't understand me he's not measuring up and But then I would feel guilty and so I would repent of that and say I need to give him more grace Because right. he's human but and that's, that's not, not deep quite enough deep enough and it wasn't helping you were me still moments.
0: weren't seeing why you kept Struggling with the same pattern of yeah. frustration. Yeah, so the idolatry, you know idolatry forces you to dig a little deeper And this opens another, I think, important clarification. Your your idols are almost always; they're always going to be good things turned into ultimate things. Yep. So you know, the far extreme could have been here. Oh well, I was turning my husband an idol because I was hoping in him, and now I know that Jesus is my only hope. So therefore, I don't need my husband. Right. Or I don't need to uh, to call him when I'm struggling or 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 share
1: with him my struggles because I just need Jesus and not him. Right. And that's That's the the other extreme extreme, because that's.
0: That that's false because Christ, if Christ is the the one who sin- sits at the, s- the throne of your heart, all the pleasures are gifts of him mm-hmm. and all the pleasures in life are pleasures. They're good and they're amazing. Meant to be enjoyed. And they're meant to be enjoyed, but enjoyed under the scope of a life of worship and submission to Jesus. So you worship in those pleasures and worship sometimes is going to mean pure enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's going to mean um, denying the pleasure right. and setting it aside and serving. Yeah. Right. You know what yep. I'm saying? So again, like for me it was like the home, mm-hmm. instead of the home being the idol, it becomes an area of worship mm-hmm. and and worship means sometimes coming home and saying, "Oh man, home is awesome." Yeah. Sometimes it means coming home and saying, "This is a place where I love and serve even this is though a place I'm I come tired to die." <laughs> yeah, this is a place i come to die. Because I love Christ. Right, because I'm worshiping He's the Christ. the ultimate. Right, because my heart is yeah. satisfied with love for Him. Yeah. So in in this situation, same thing, right? Instead of saying husband is the savior, the one that I turn to in mm-hmm. all of my problems, um, you realize husband is a gift given by Christ. Christ mm-hmm. is the only savior. Mm-hmm. And 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 lots of times I still call my husband and ask for support Prior, and affirmation. Like, yeah. But but I'm not. Le- but I understand that all the affirmation that comes from my husband is actually a gift of Christ. Yeah. And even when my husband can't fully satisfy my mm-hmm. need for satisfaction, it's only Christ that can. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes my husband makes mistakes and he's insensitive. And in those moments, I still need to worship Christ by saying, "Jesus, you gave me a husband who's imperfect, but mm-hmm. I still." love him and he's amazing or what? like yeah, right, i still cherish right. him as a gift of christ yeah through sacrifice you know yeah. what i'm saying
1: and that that opens up a more freedom bigger freedom to love because now i'm not putting a burden impossible burden on you because that right only he can only christ can fulfill that burden so i'm right. i'm more free to love you in a in a way where it's not so enslaving right i think this- or i think a lot of tendencies for I don't know if for girls everyone has insecurities, but we're like, oh, that's just my insecurity. Well, that's that's your idol. You're protecting an idol, and it's a fancy, you know, it's, it's not a fancy word. It's a it's,
0: it's a, a deceiving
1: cop out. word to to cover up the fact that actually this is an idol I'm protecting. Like when I was younger, you know, like body image or self self image or self esteem that some girls are really confident in themselves, and some girls are like, I hate my body. I hate my how I look. I'm so ugly. I'm so fat. Whatever. Right. It's just an idol that you are protecting, which way you go. And it's right. not that you need more compliments. It's not that you need someone to tell you you're you beautiful. You need to r- repent of the idol you're protecting so much. And right. I think we don't want we don't see it that way. We're so confused by, oh she's so insecure, she thinks so low of herself. I just need to tell her she needs she you're needs, beautiful you're, you're beautiful. amazing
0: believe in who you are you It's never you're beautiful be just enough. the way you are and I that's
1: mean, it's, what we're seeking yeah. but it's never going to be enough a yeah. to bit of a you need to repent of your desi- your deep desire to be affirmed and put affirmed and exalted for your beauty. You cannot handle the fact that maybe God made you the way you are and you should be thankful and satisfied in his gift of Well, and there is health. beauty
0: in how he made you. Yeah, and you can admit that without becoming tied and worshipful and, to that beauty, because right. you realize I am beautiful because God made me this way, but also I'm broken because my sin, and and I and I'm a sinner, so I'm both, and I can yeah. a, and I can embrace and both, and I
1: can be content in that rather than constantly chasing, and being miserable about not being satisfied with how you look when you look in the mirror. Right, it's just this big, it's such a huge idol that all the girls. All of us, if we're not careful, we're going to struggle with our in, into our whole life. And people think, "Oh, this girl just has to get married, and her husband will love her, and then she'll feel better." No, a husband can't fulfill that. He can't. He can't replace. You, he can't replace your need to confess your sin and confess that idol and repent of it, and say, "God, you have made me, and I want to be thankful and content with." The body you have given me the the way you have made me look and not be so frazzled by it all the time
0: right and so this whole idolatry battle thing just exposes that as sinners we can't even enjoy the good things of creation because idols at first promise satisfaction but then those idols crush us because yeah. things of the the things of earth cannot deliver on only what god can fill right yeah so your idols will always fail you either by when you get your idol when you when you successfully obtained it for example all the glory and success you wanted in your career you finally get it yeah and it you're still going to feel empty yep or you don't get it and then you're crushed by failure and the fact that your world is coming to an end yeah uh, so either way, your idols will destroy you. Mm-hmm. But when you expose them and you replace them with worship, because y- there's a clear process here. You expose it as a false savior. You look and say, my career is wonderful, but it's not the thing that gives me my meaning in life. And so if my career is taken away, I can still worship Christ because mm-hmm. he's the ultimate thing, that he's a source of all my joy because he is the one I love
1: my heart was created to worship him and love him
0: right and you live in that love you Mm -hmm. live in relationship it's not Christ is not an idea he's a person right and he you know so when you replace that you you then gain access to the thing that you were idolizing because you can really enjoy it as a gift but even when it's taken away you can worship in its absence to absence because both ways are expressing ultimate love yeah to jesus yeah you know yeah so the whole life of the christian is the process of submitting to the gospel in faith mm-hmm. and that means welcoming the work of the gospel into our hearts into challenging our specific idolatrous mm-hmm. tendencies you yeah. know not always is it going to be clear-cut you're not always going to be like oh my idol is right. satisfaction in the home but when you understand this process you start to learn to dig a little deeper and mm-hmm. say lord um Help me see, what what am I protecting here? What am I worshiping as yeah. a false source of satisfaction? Yeah. Why am I responding sinfully? Yeah. You know, and it's you don't need to go deep and try to go into like second, trying to access your subconscious and right. figure out. No, no, no. You basically, to start, look at your biggest, most obvious sinful tendencies. In your
1: daily life, things you get super defensive about, things, the off-limits thing that your husband can't address without you getting all upset every single time. Like yeah. what is that thing that in your marriage he can't address because you get a you get insecure and you get defensive or with your friends what is the thing that most upsets you when they joke about or um yeah it's pretty easy to spot if we just take a birds eye view on our like on our week
0: right and instead of idolatry understanding idolatry instead of giving you th- moralistic actions oh I just need to be more this better
1: be stronger idolatry
0: points you to worship it points you to repent of false worship it points you back to the gospel and to ask the question how is it that Jesus is the only one that satisfies this particular longing Mm -hmm. that I've been trying to get from this so in my case comfort in the home yeah my comfort is not in the home although the home is a source of comfort my ultimate comfort comes from Jesus and the gospel that he yeah. paid for my sin and made me clean even though I'm a sinner I am accepted so like right. ultimate comfort comes from there now I can derive some comfort from the gift he gave me so in every idol you expose you are exposing one other way that you must be enjoying the gospel
1: and, and specifically not just generally right. people get confused i think i for a long time was confused about the gospel is the answer to everything like okay, jesus but died for my jesus sins Jesus died for my sins how does that it. help me with my frustration about my husband leaving his socks on the floor every day like how does that okay i can't apply it but specifically i think right. the gospel like people some people struggle with being lonely and they feel like, like they want friends and they're friendships always just are so dissatisfying and no one wants to commit to them no one wants to hang out with them and they're just so lonely all the time and right the way the gospel meets you at that need is jesus is the ultimate friend he is the perfect friend who will right. never disappoint you or people who struggle with their parents their father being absent or their father being an angry dad or their mom never affirming disapproving them. judging jesus parents. is the perfect parent god is the perfect ultimate father who will never disappoint you who is always present and i think right. Or my knowing. comfort
0: longing. Jesus is my only source of comfort. Or So all these different oh, longings like all, are different channels of satisfaction in the story yeah. of the gospel in all of its richness. And lots of times we miss all the amazing different ways that Christ comes to satisfy every single one of our desires. Every,
1: every single one of our needs. He, he, our heart is the shape of him. If he enters, that's the only way it could be satisfied. So every single need and heart and desire we have mm-hmm. can specifically be met in the gospel. And I think we have to understand that and, and think through that rather than just like, well, Jesus died for my sin, so I don't have this sin problem.
0: Right. So every idol is therefore an opportunity for you to, ex- to discover a new way of enjoying the gospel, yeah. a new desire in your heart, a new thirst that you've been filling with salt water that can fully be satisfied with Jesus. Yeah. Whether that's your insecurity, whether that's your desire for um, companionship or acceptance yeah. or redemption, justification, uh, yeah. self-confidence, yeah. peace. All the different desires that flow from our heart are meant to be satisfied to in the one us. who loved us. Yeah.
1: And, and all these needs and desires point us to, it's a beautiful thing because we see our need and then we see how perfectly he fills our need. And it just re- like just grows your faith. It makes you rejoice and makes you love the gospel every day more and more. Because the more you have these idols that you are replacing with the gospel, the more you get rooted in the gospel. And the more you realize how it's always the answer. How it's right. always the ultimate source of joy and love and satisfaction in relationship to Christ.
0: Right, right. There's a song by Beautiful Eulogy called If that like perfectly summarizes yeah. this uh, I'll just read a couple of lines as we're finishing up here. He says, um, If in one unfortunate moment you took everything that I own, everything you've given from heaven above and everything that I've ever known, if you stripped away my ministry, my influence, my reputation, my health, my happiness, my friends, my pride, and my expectation, if you caused me, if you caused for me to suffer or to suffer for the cause of the cross, if the cost of my allegiance is prison and all my freedoms are lost, if you take the breath from my lungs, and make an end of my life if you take the most precious part of me and take my kids and my wife it would crush me it would break me it would suffocate and cause heartache i would taste the bitter dark providence but you would still preserve my faith what concealed in the heart of having is revealed in the thing in the losing of things and i can't even begin to imagine the sting that that kind of pain brings i would i would never blame you for evil even if you cause me pain i would I came into this world with nothing, and when I die, it will be the same. I will praise your name in the giving and taking away. If I have you, I can lose everything and still consider it gain. That's Boom. So good. So check out beautiful eulogy if, but um, that kind of gets us going on, um, you know, something to think about as we explore our hearts and temptations this week, um,
1: and our biggest fears. Our God biggest will fears. be there. He will be there to preserve us in our faith.
0: Well, thank you guys again so uh, so much for sticking with us for another episode. Let us know what you think. Questions, comments, um, send them over through Instagram, Facebook. Um, if you found this helpful, please give us a review on iTunes. That helps other people find the show. And uh, send it to a friend. Share it on your social media. Let other people know that we're having these conversations so that more people can join. Um, you can check out well-said.org. That's a place where I kind of write articles, post these things some, it's kind of a place where I share stuff that I'm growing and learning. And if you wanted to support the podcast a little bit, chip in a couple of bucks, there's a, there's a, um, there's a, a support link that helps us cover some of the expenses associated with making this podcast. So that, that really helps too. Thank you guys again. And we'll talk to you again soon.